I spend a lot of time on Christian Twitter. I spend too much time on Christian Twitter. It's a bizarrely large part of my social life. And, and there's something that happens on Twitter, something that happens constantly, many times a week. People challenge how we label Christians. Because there are a lot of labels, a ton of labels, and none of those labels are exact. And all of those labels are problematic. I am the man that has seen affliction by the rod of God's wrath. I remember my affliction and my wandering. The bitterness and the gall, I well remember them. And my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Welcome to the Broken Book Podcast. We're your hosts, Amanda and Sam. And we're ready again this week to appreciate, dissect, criticize, defend, and generally nerd out about the Bible. Conservative, liberal, Mormon, charismatic, orthodox, evangelical, radical, Catholic, evangelical, etc., 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 etc. All of these labels have issues. So why do we still use labels? Well, we kind of need them. There are loads of Christian factions, and these factions don't always agree with each other. And very, 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 very often one faction calls out another faction. Indeed, it seems that about three-fourths of progressive Christian tweets consists of attacks on conservative Christians, which itself is kind of problematic because sharing a good idea that you believe in is a stronger argument than attacking a bad idea you don't believe in. But anyways, we need certain sets of classifications, certain labels, and we need to take these labels with a grain of salt. We need to have lots of humility, because there are hundreds of different intersections, and none of these factions fit into clear binaries. So I'm going to go through different labels for Christians and show how they can be useful and how they can be problematic. Also, warning, I'm going to have to be using lots of labels in order to define other labels, which means I'm going to sound like a hypocrite a lot of the time, and that's okay. Language is imprecise, and we have to use language to define other parts of language, so it's very, very messy. Anyways, first off, I'm from Utah. Lots of mountains, lots of red rock, very cool place. Also, about 63% of Utah's population is Mormon. And Mormons are existentially hurt when people refuse to call them Christians. Because most of them believe in Jesus Christ. It is the center of their faith. And saying that Mormons aren't Christians denies their religious identity. Remember that back in the 19th century, Mormons were a heavily persecuted minority in the U.S., they didn't move to Utah for the fun of it. They were refugees. Now, a lot of Christians don't want to call Mormons Christian because they see Mormons as heretics. More progressive, more postmodern Christians do not have that excuse because most of us are also, quote-unquote, heretics. We recognize the diversity of the Christian faith. If we would recognize an openly LGBTQIA Episcopalian priest who doesn't think the Bible is authoritative, if we think that person can be Christian, 
We should also recognize that Mormons have the right to use the word. And even more than that, we can learn a lot from the Mormons. Mormons have an interesting doctrine of hell, an interesting conception of God, and a fascinating, beautiful, wonderful interpretation of Satan. Likewise, Joseph Smith, for all of his many flaws, was willing to challenge so many of the basic assumptions of the culture around him. He was a true radical, for better and worse. And many modern Mormons follow in that legacy. The LDS Church is going through a period of serious strife. The Church is cracking down on gay people and on women priesthood movements. The Church has ramped up excommunications. People are leaving the LDS Church at the highest rate ever. And this has created a beautiful, dark, complicated post-Mormon culture where people often feel an intense betrayal by the church combined with an intense sense of the divine. Some have left, others try to stay in the church, and many of them are quite atheistic, and many of them are still very religious. Really, post-Mormon culture has a great deal in common with post-evangelical culture, along with some very intriguing cultural differences. Most notably, post-Mormons are much better organized, and they have a larger and far more vibrant internet culture. Unfortunately, there is precious little communication between progressive mainline Christian culture and progressive Mormon culture. And I think this is because we're still stuck on old, outdated divisions between the LDS church and more conservative Christian churches. And that divide feels pretty irrelevant in modern progressive theology. So I really suggest that progressive Christians... They should check out, say, the Mormon Stories podcast, or a Thoughtful Faith podcast, or the Infants on Thrones podcast, to get a little taste of progressive Mormon and post-Mormon culture. Also, maybe you could check into the Community of Christ, which is a progressive Mormon denomination, and really one of the coolest denominations around. Okay, next problematic label, progressive. I use this word a lot. It's my standard go-to word. I use it to refer to Christians who generally challenge certain elements of traditional Christian doctrine and who challenge modern conservative evangelical doctrine. The word progressive is also closely associated with left-wing politics. And therein lies the problem. Not every Christian with progressive politics has extremely progressive theology. Throughout the course of American history, some of the strongest voices for social and political reform have been quite traditional preachers. Likewise, someone can have pretty progressive theology that isn't necessarily pro politically progressive. Many of them identify as anarchists or libertarians or as conservatives because there are so many political factions out there too, and they don't correspond directly with religious factions, and even many conservative politicians, including our president, seem to have deeply heretical, deeply untraditional conceptions of religion. Come to think of it, the word conservative is also problematic, because conservative tends to mean a desire to preserve traditions. But much of conservative Christian culture is not very traditional at all. For example, progressive Protestant churches are way more likely to use traditional liturgy and worship practices than conservative churches. 
Likewise, much of American evangelical theology is born out of the Second Great Awakening and was very recently redefined during the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And Pentecostalism is only just now figuring out its intellectual roots. Basically, much of conservative Christianity is brand new. And weirdly, conservatives often have less patience for old-timey or Asian theological voices than progressives. So perhaps people we call progressives are really conservatives and vice versa? Blah. These labels are icky. They, They are very, very icky. And evangelical is another problematic word because we assume that evangelicals are quote-unquote conservatives. But evangelicalism is an impossible-to-define word, and it's really more of a cultural movement than a theological movement. And much of the emerging church movement and radical Christian movement is grounded inside that cultural milieu. Progressive evangelical churches are some of the largest and fastest-growing progressive Christian churches, and still we use evangelical as almost an insult word to attack conservative Christianity. It doesn't quite work. And, and maybe more than that, evangelical Christianity is not fundamentally conservative. Originally, the evangelicals tended to be more radical, more heretical, and more politically left-wing than the mainline church. They were a populist movement, a poor movement, a resistance movement. Evangelicals successfully challenged some potentially toxic doctrines. They helped overthrow the unchecked dominance of classical theism on Christian theology. They undermined strict, harsh forms of Calvinism. They helped discover far more personal, far more human ways of connecting with God and Christ. They broke down so many dogmatic assumptions, which helped lead the way to more progressive thought. I don't want to forget this beautiful, important legacy. But still, I find myself usually using the term evangelical in a negative tone. And that's unfortunate, even if maybe necessary. Another word that gets bothersome is the word mystical or mysticism. The problem is that many different factions have claimed the word mystical, and they all use the word quite differently. Really, the word has no well-set definition. I've seen it used to describe people who are spiritual, but not religious. I've heard it used to describe people who specifically believe in the supernatural. I've heard it used to describe people who specifically reject the supernatural. Mystical is both associated with concrete, magical ways to connect with God and with esoteric, abstract ways of connecting with God. Now, I like the word mystical, but it's probably too broad to work as a helpful label. And the term radical Christian is also hard to pin down. I've seen some people claim that radical Christianity only applies to Christians who have very radical politics, but there's no real consensus on what that politics should be. And some people use the word in a more theological light. And I've heard some people claim that radical Christianity specifically refers to anarchist Christianity. Others see it as a term for left-wing evangelicals. I do like the word, though, and it seems a little more helpful than progressive because it's less associated with political binaries. Warning, though. Don't let radicalism turn into its own purity culture. 
where we're all going around judging people by how radical they are. Okay, next word. The term orthodox is problematic because it's a name of a huge denomination, big O orthodox, and it's also a name for people with right beliefs, and it's a word meaning adhering to traditional, often ancient theology. And those definitions get confused all of the time. I've seen Eastern Orthodox people get pissed off when the word is used generically. I've seen progressive Christians get pissed off when it's implied that they don't have right beliefs. I personally get pissed off when conservative evangelicals get called Orthodox because there's nothing particularly ancient or traditional about conservative evangelicals. In practice, I think most scholars and journalists use the word orthodox to mean in line with the theology of, the, of early Christianity, which would include the Eastern Orthodox Church. So that's probably the best way to use the word, unless we're talking about Jews, of course, which is its own thing. Oh, oh, and as a side note, always remember that conservative Jews are not conservative by many modern definitions, and evangelical Lutherans aren't evangelical by many modern definitions. Liberal Christian is one of the most problematic words out there because it used to have a more set definition. In the 19th century, liberal did not have a political connotation when talking about theology. It meant enlightenment theology. It meant theology that took into account modern science, culture, and history. It often advocated deeply impersonal conceptions of God. Liberal theology is scary because liberal theology supported social Darwinism, liberal theology supported imperialism, and liberal theologians in Germany were big fans of Adolf Hitler. More traditional, more conservative theologians challenged Hitler's regime because liberal theology often values human progress over the gospel. Nowadays, many liberal Christians are also progressive Christians. Progressive Christians tend to be more supportive of science and historical critical theory. However, progressive Christianity has become less liberal over the years, especially with the rise of liberation theology. Many progressive Christian cultures have far more personal, far more anthropomorphic, and even far more supernatural conceptions of God. Very static, very impersonal gods often do not connect well with the disenfranchised communities. We could label various liberation theologies as being more conservative because they are not traditionally liberal, but that doesn't feel like it quite fits. Again, these labels, these labels don't work because people can't be sorted easily into categories. And finally, Here's a label that I just can't stand. People use the word Christian to mean conservative Christian. Even progressive Christians attack, quote-unquote, Christians all the time. We use phrases like, stuff Christians like, to make fun of conservative Christians. We criticize Christian culture as a way to criticize conservative Christians. Whenever we use that word that way, we are validating the notion that conservative Christians are the real Christians. We buy into that narrative. It is a microaggression against every other kind of Christian. On a related note, 
progressive Christians use that insult too casually, saying that someone they don't like isn't really a Christian. That's just too loaded a claim. Instead, maybe we should just call out unchristlike behavior, because it hurts when we say that they're not Christian. That concept has such a dark history. It's associated with who gets to go to heaven and who goes to hell. And if we say that someone who identifies as Christian is not a Christian, we are ignoring their spiritual agency and their religious identity. I am the man that has seen affliction by the rod of God's wrath. I remember my affliction and my wandering. The bitterness and the gall, I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Why should the living complain when punished for their sins? Let us lift up our hearts and our hands to God in heaven and say, We have sinned and rebelled, and you have not forgiven. You have covered yourself with anger and pursued us. You have slain without pity. You have covered yourself with clouds that no prayer can get through. You have made a scum and refuse among the nations. All our enemies have opened their mouths wide against us. We have suffered terror and pitfalls, ruin and destruction. Streams of tears flow from my eyes because my people are destroyed. My eyes will flow unceasingly without relief until the Lord looks down from heaven and sees.